Hey, Ryan. Yes, Donna. I have some bad news for you. What's the bad news? I uh, forgot to re-up one of my uh, prescriptions in time, so I'm going to run out. Oh, fuck. Which one did you forget? Um, It's the estrogen. Oh, fuck. Does anybody have a place where I can stay for a couple days? I know. You might be getting the menopause dragon in a few days. (laughs) (laughs) So I am not responsible for uh, breaking out in sweats in the middle of the night, for calling you a dickhead all the time. Uh, are you willing to accept these terms? No. (laughs) (laughs) And if you want sex, it's just going to be bad. Sex isn't bad. I just don't accept the other terms of getting hurt. No, I'm saying the sex with me would be bad. It'd be like dried as a bone. I'm sorry. It's lube. Well, well, I don't know how fast this is going to affect me, though. Well, it could affect you. Well, just don't go for the hatchet in the basement. I thought it was in the garage. It's not what you know. (laughs) (laughs) We do got to hide the chef knives. Anybody have a place where I could stay for a day or so? Hey everybody, welcome to Coyote Tales. I am Donna Shannon here with my husband, Ryan. Good morning, or excuse me, good afternoon. Who has not had his head bit off yet. Not yet, it's been close. I haven't, hey, I've still got stock right now. Good, because if not, then that really worries me. (laughs) Not as much as it worries me. (laughs) Do I need to go rent a hotel room for the next couple nights? Oh. No, I'm just like really, really worried about the whole sweating thing. Just like, oh my God, it's so bad. You can go to the other bedroom. No, it doesn't matter. I can take off all my clothes and still be burning's hot, just pouring sweat off of every bit of me. And then it passes and then I'm freezing cold. Oh, hot, cold, hot, cold. Yeah, you have no idea how horrifying it is. It's it's absolutely horrible. Hence the menopause dragon. The menopause dragon. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, I did get some other good news this week, though. Oh, what good news was that? So, uh, I normally would not suggest people take financial advice from a comedian. Occasionally it's all right. Yeah, but okay. I'm not not a licensed financial advisor. You're not a licensed therapist so, either. Yeah, so I'm just going to be sharing this from my own experience and strength and hope for anybody out there with student loans. Student, okay, yeah, which I don't have any, but go ahead. So, you know that uh, coming up in October, everybody whose student loans have been on pause for the last three years because of the pandemic... They're going to have to start making payments again. Which makes sense because it's been two plus years since the pandemic. It's been three years. It's three years. Yeah, right? it's okay. been like so forever. it's been a while. Yeah. And uh, it is true that Biden and Harris, their administration was be like, hey, we're going to like forgive $10,000 of people's loans. And if they have like Pell Grants, we'll up it up to 20. You heard about that, right? I did hear about that, yeah. And then, of course, Republicans are like, fuck that. And they're like, you can't do that. And they took it up to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court did strike that down. Well, okay. I can understand both points of view. But what what happened then? So... I, being the responsible person that I am, I check on my student loan account a couple of every couple of months, you know, just because I knew this was coming up. I'm not an idiot anymore. I wasn't running from it anymore. You're paying it. Yeah. Yeah. You've been paying it. Yeah. And specifically, there was the option of payments were supposed to start in September, but they were giving everybody one more month grace period to go to October. So I was double checking on when is the payment going to come out in September? Which makes perfect sense. That's what I do on bills. Yeah, right? And I got in there, and my student loan debt had dropped by $40,000. Holy cow. Shit. 
That's a lot. That's yeah. a shit ton of money. That's a lot of fucking That's money. That's a lot of money. And I'm like, oh my God, they mixed up my account with somebody else. This is wrong. This is a clerical error. And then I looked at it and it said, uh, last payment made like uh, August 23rd with 12,000 some odd dollars. And I'm like, holy shit, somebody got fucked on their payment because it went to me instead of their own account. Right? Right. And I'm like trying to look through the payment history and it's not showing these big payments that were made or big dollar amounts. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck is going on? I know, right? So, I want to take you on a little bit of a cruise back into my past. <laughs> the love no, 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 not no that, not, not okay. that kind of past. Hey, Gavin McLeod, put some suntan lotion on that head. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. Uh, millennials and Gen Z have no idea what you were just I talking know, about. I know. It's called The Love Boat. It's a sappy TV show my sister made me watch when I was younger. Yes, and the captain was bald. But not nearly as sexy as Picard. Sorry. I don't, I don't find either of them <laughs> sexy. Not your, not your style. Anyways, uh, we're going back in time 20 years. Thanks, Wayne's World. Actually, I'll go back a little bit further than that. So my first degree is uh, an associate's I got from the Art Institute private institution i invested twenty five thousand dollars yeah for uh a degree in audio engineering video production and uh music business management which you use for a while which i still do you still do we do work with people in the entertainment industry and i was in broadcasting for eight years you wouldn't know it from how shitty this podcast sounds but <laughs> <laughs> hey you gotta work with what you got <laughs> hey i graduated in 94 Technology's advanced and my brain has not. Right. We'll, we'll just put it out there like that. So, graduated, it cost me $25,000, all exclusively done through student loans. Then, because I'm a drunken asshole, or was back then, you were. I was like, oh, I'm not going to pay these. I don't ever want to deal with this problem. I am just going to totally ignore this. And I am going to the bar. Do, do, do. Catch me, motherfuckers. Just try to find me. And guess what? They fucking found it's me. It's not where's Donna, because they fucking know where's Donna's at. I know. And I was like so stupid as an alcoholic and addict. I'm like, well, you know what? I had a different last name then because I was married. And now I'm not. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, shit. Hey, I didn't say it was a good plan. Note, drunk and high, okay? Drunk, high, owes $25,000 plus. Yeah. So, obviously, my loans go into what's known as default. <laughs> You're correct. So, when things go into default, you're now on the hook, not only for the original money and all the interest, but penalties and fees which do penalties do occur that's normal if you default on something that's normal penalties can occur yes and here's the other thing about student loans if you declare bankruptcy it does not include student loans no it doesn't i actually a friend of mine was looking into that because he had some money financial issues and he's like well i'm not gonna do it because i don't want to ruin my credit score just for student loans mm -hmm. yeah so then in 1999, I ended up getting sober and was part of a 12-step program. A big part of that is making amends, which includes... The financial amends. Financial amends. So that means I had to turn around, quit running from the student loan people, communicate with them, set up a payment plan, and all the rest of this. And I started making my payments. Here's the thing that matters today. And how this all this shit came about. Okay, so we were in the past, the 93, 95, and now... So now we're all the way up actually into like 2000, 2001 or something like that. Okay, so we zip I've... forward in time. Yeah, so I'm not an asshole anymore. Well, I'm an asshole, but I'm not Different kind drunk of an asshole. I'm just plain asshole. And I'm talking to the student loan people, and they have a program called Income Dependent Payment Plans. Okay. And when I'm looking at the paperwork, it says, if you make all your payments on time, without forbearance, without 
running away anymore. Your loans would be forgiven after 20 years. To quote Nike, just do it. Yeah. So, of course. Well, I had to do the income dependent anyways because I was only making about $30,000 a year. Right. Not jack. You were making jack shit. Yeah. Maybe thirty-five on a good day. <laughs> on a good day. <laughs> on a good day. So, these student loans were for now close to $50,000. So, okay. It went from 20000 25 25 With all the penalties and fees and everything. Doubled. Doubled. To $50,000. Yes. There's a sign right there. Don't run away from your bills. Be responsible. Yes. Unless you have this 20-year trick. It's a tw well, that's the key right there. It's a 20-year <laughs> trick. Yeah. So, but here's the crazy-ass thing about it is, I swear to God, I saw in the paperwork, you make all your payments, it would get forgiven after 20 years. So then I continue and I just make my payments and I'm like paying uh, 191 a month or something, which is not bad because a regular student loan, uh, you've got all these different kind of payment plans. Typically speaking for a $50,000 loan that matures in, 20, in anywhere from 10 to 30 years, you're going to be paying about $1,000 a month for that shit, right? Just normal finances. Remember, not a financial advisor. So I'm just going to throw numbers at you. And, uh, but then I lost the paperwork, never found it again. And then every now and then, every few years, I would double check on like the federal loans site because I'm looking for ways to get this forgiven. And you're still paying this entire time. Yes, of course. I'm still making the payments all the time. And in typical situations, there's very few situations where you can get your student loans 100% forgiven. So you want to know what they are? Sure. What are, what are they? I know one of them is death. Yes. If you die, your student loans get forgiven. Okay. So I was like, that's my plan. I'm going with that one. And by the way, in 2012, I did get a second degree, which I also got a bunch of student loans for. Because so it's like, hey, yeah, motherfucker, I'm taking this one to the grave too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. yes. I'm going to keep going to school until I stop paying the bill. If I continue to go to school, will I have to pay the bill? Technically, you don't have to keep paying the bills when you're in college, but I went ahead and I kept making my payments anyways. So, okay. The so amount kept... was so low. Right. Why wouldn't I? And So uh, you kept making payments and you went to college, got a new degree, and... So the main ways typical people get their loans forgiven, the ones they... Promote all the time. So number one is if you work for a government entity for 10 years, federal or state or something like that, balance of your student loans get forgiven. Okay. So but you 10 gotta years. Be, you got to be making your regular payments. You can't be in forbearance. It's like once you start making your payments, you make your payments for 10 years and work for the government or as a first responder, maybe double check me on that one, or a teacher, they get forgiven, but you have to be making your payments all along the way. So you have to keep paying the bills. Here's the moral of the story. Pay your, pay bill, your bills. bills. Pay your fucking bills and communicate with the government, man. Right. Don't run and hide. Don't run and hide and pay your bills. And so there's that way. The other way you can get your loans forgiven is you're 100% disabled. Permanently disabled. So if you got in a car accident and got disabled, they're going to say you can't pay your, pay your bills. We're going to go ahead and waive that fee. Now, you got to realize the threshold for uh, total disabled is very high. So if you go and you get in a car accident and you're paralyzed from the waist down, mm -hmm. they'll go, well, you can do customer service on the phone. You don't need legs for that. So basically, it would be like from the neck up. The, the, yeah. So if it's the neck down, you can't move anymore. My apologies. Yeah, that would be like totally permanently disabled. Okay. Uh, but the threshold's really, really high. Okay. For what they can, it's higher than above just the social security <laughs> limitations for disability. Okay. For, for getting in student loans, I mean, you, it's hard to get. That's, anyways. And I know the student loan police. Oh, yes. I know a, a family member that has been trying to get their student loans forgiven for decades now under dis disabled, but the doctor won't sign the sheet because they're like, your hands work. You, your hand works. Your mind you're, works. You're, you're you can a, type. Yeah, you're a, you're got a computer driven job here. You, why wouldn't you be able to do that? So, so it'd be different if it's a ditch digger and you lose your 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 legs. But then you they would say, well, now since you lost your legs, you can use your hands. So start typing. 
Yeah, voc rehab. Right, you, right. Go, you go through voc rehab. Vocational rehabilitation. Oh, okay. Thank you. Voc rehab is what that is. It's where you get trained to do a different kind of job mm-hmm. so that you can come off a disability and get an, a regular paying job again. Well, that makes sense. So yeah. the government's going to work with you. Yeah. So that's not a program through the federal government, through the student loans. A lot of times state entities will help you with voc rehab. Okay. Uh, sometimes your insurance will. It depends. That's really complicated. That's not my area of expertise, but... Look into it if you need it. Yeah. It's another good program. Yeah. So you don't always have to just sit around listening to podcasts. <laughs> I mean, I would love sitting around listening to podcasts and watching movies. Yeah. So, anyways, those are the three main ways I knew of. And they talk a lot about the uh, community service jobs. That's the federal or the teacher, stuff like that. They talk a lot about the disability forgiveness and, of course, the death. And then I'm literally off and on for years been looking, where's this 20-year forgiveness thing? I must have been hallucinating. It's not here. It's the very small paragraph that's just above signature. No, you couldn't find it. Oh, really? I am not shitting you. I looked for this thing so fucking hard. Especially, it was about 2017 or 2018. And, you know, because I now had loans from two degrees. And so my balance was up to 90000 I paid for a private school. <laughs> yeah, he's rolling his eyes at me. But they did give me more credit for my first custom degree than well, yeah, any other right. school would. They also let you test it out a few times. I tested out a lot. Um, also the other dumb thing I did with student loans, don't do this. Don't. Every fucking financial advisor at any fucking school will tell you, take out the maximum on your student loan each semester. Cause don't that, do that. Don't do that. Don't. Cause my degree, my bachelor's probably cost in reality about, it was probably 2025. So, but they said max out your de- max out the loans for your living expenses, your books, and all the rest of this shit. And I'm a dumbass, and I was all like, and they say, oh yeah, whatever you don't use that semester, you can always pay back. Fuck, who does that? Okay, so I'm doing the math real quick. Your 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 previous degree was fifty thousand dollars plus your twenty five thousand dollars for this degree. That should only be seventy five thousand dollars, and you owe ninety thousand dollars because you took the rest of that money. But also, you have to remember. I was doing income-dependent payment plans. So okay. every yeah. month, the bill would have been like, I don't know, let's just say round number $800. Right. I make it a payment of 191 How much do you think is going to interest, and how much do you think is going to the principal? Well, I could tell you there's hardly anything going to that principal. <laughs> exactly. That's not even covering the interest amount every year. No, it's not. It's not even covering the interest amount for the month. Yeah, so I would get in our tax returns every year a statement of how much did I pay in interest in student loans every single year, over $7,000. Did they have a little ha-ha at the bottom of that trying to pay off? No. But also, if you're if you're like sitting here going, Donna, your fucking math sucks because you said you were paying 191 but you paid $7,000 in interest? Okay, let me tell you the story on how that happened. Okay. So 2017 or 2018, something like that, my business was a little slow. And I'm like, you know what? I am going to go back to my student loan people and I'm going to ask them to reassess my income. Because we had had a slow year, so my income, you know, basically self-employed, owning my own company. And I'll go, I'll just see what they can do for me. I got a question for you. The the law changed in the way they calculated it. So they didn't count just my income. They counted yours. (laughs) And my... You, who had never given me a penny to pay a fucking student loan, which you never should. I never will. (laughs) Just to let you know, never will give you money to pay a student loan. Yeah, so my... My pretty little payment, which had gone up to like 350 (laughs) once I got the bachelor's degree. So my payments had gone up. But when they calculated your income combined with mine, my fucking student loan payment went to $862 a month. Sorry we got married. (laughs) (laughs) That was just like... 
fuck. <laughs> How am I going to pay this? Fuck. But, you know, me and my little brain, I was like, well, you know what? It's part of my financial amends. Yeah, it's, it's your 20 it years. Is, it's my, it wasn't even the 20 thing, the 20 year thing. Because I couldn't find any documentation on the Not 20 the year 20 thing. Not the 20 years, my apologies. Yeah, because remember, I kept, I kept searching for that clause. Couldn't find it. Couldn't find it. It's very well bur- buried at that point in time. There's a reason for that. They didn't want anybody really doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the government. It, yeah, it's a pretty sweet scam. Yeah. So, okay, <laughs> we're talking. Let's go forward in time to 2023. All right. So, we have to go back to the Democrats versus the Republicans and their desire to wipe out student loans or make people responsible for their own shit. So, I will give this one to the Biden-Harris administration. Okay. Because what they did when the uh, Supreme Court slapped them down, they were like, you know what? We've got to do something to help people out. What can we do? They go, you know what? There's a bunch of old programs sitting around in the student loan (laughs) that just have not been administered very well. Just nobody was watching this shit and didn't really know what it was. In some paperback, you know, paperwork driven geek, bless their nerdy soul. All I can think of is Colin Robinson probably found this. <laughs> yeah, flip, 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 flip. What's this? <laughs> and they found this this program for the income dependent payment plans. That did, in fact, say if you make your payments on time every time for 20 years, it gets forgiven. It gets forgiven. It gets forgiven. So without even sending a letter, I think they were trying to do it on the down low. They're like, shh, shh, don't tell the Republicans we found this. But guess what? Ka-ching, motherfuckers! Money, 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 money. And I am not the only person this happened to. How many people did this happen to? 800,000 Americans. Got forgiveness of 20 plus years of paying off loans. Yeah. So pay your bills. Pay your fucking bills. Because that wiped out not only my original debt, but the penalties and defaults as well. Because some of those early loans have been consolidated into one. Which that makes sense, because that's what they do, because they're, they're consolidated. So when, so when the government man looked at the documentation... It just said it's it's a loan from 20 years ago that they've been paying on for 20 plus years. Exactly. And here's the other thing, too, that I just want to scream from the top of the highest tower. Do not ever recalculate your student loans or refinance them with a private student loan lender. Because they'll they'll screw you. It's not that. You are immediately not part of the federal student loan programs anymore. And these options are no longer available to you because you're now dealing with private companies. You're dealing with a private company and therefore all the, the, the things that make time are gone. Yeah. So all of these things, the even if you're in like dire straits right now and you have to do a forbearance, do you know what a difference is with like forbearance? You know what that is? What's a forbearance? So a forbearance is you're like in shit dire straits with, you just can't make your payments no matter what. Um, early on when I got sober, I was doing a lot of the forbearance things. It was just mainly staying in communication with them. So payments stop, interest still accrues. But you were talking with them. But I was talking with them. So it doesn't count as a default because you kept saying, I can't pay. Yeah. Inter- and they told you, yeah, well, you can't pay, but you're talking to us, but you're still going to gain interest. Yeah. So it's like the person who gets in the car wreck and six months recovery for them. They can put things on forbearance for a while. And then... When they start working again, they can start making payments on their bills. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. It's amazing the things that you can do when you talk to financial institutions. And you know what? I, when I had my financial issues, this was years and years and years ago, I talked to Sears and they looked at my balance and said, you've made payments. We're going to go ahead and waive the rest of your balance. 
Mm-hmm. And with Sears, you know, they it was probably only a four or five hundred dollar balance, but they said you've been you've been making an effort and you've been talking to us. We're just going to clear that balance. Yep. Yep. So, uh, also ch- double check your things with your credit card companies too, because when I took over my mom's finances, who had like a stupid, I think it was Sears as well. I was explaining to her, hey, she's got cognitive impairments mild dementia and they go you know what she has a insurance thing she was paying one or two dollars every month on that should she ever have medical disability or things like that it just completely wiped out all the debt oh so she got they wiped out her debt yeah which was like for fucking sears it was like a few thousand dollars. That's a lot for Sears. Yeah, that's a lot of shitty stuff from China. <laughs> <laughs> uh, most of mine was tools. Yeah, well, I can. I shop at JC <laughs> <laughs> That's not from China. That's from Korea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, anyways, the the let me last note about student loans. Um, well, you definitely should be stock, talking to your student loan people. So. When the Biden-Harris people, blessed geeks, found this clause, they found another loophole they put into it. So, if you apply for an income-dependent payment plan right now, and you qualify, and you've already been making payments for 5, 10 years or whatever, it will go retroactive to cover the entire amount of time you've been making payments. Holy shit. So if you've even been sitting there in this income-driven payment plan, you haven't hit the 20 years yet, you're at like 10 or 15, apply because it's going to already erase or give you credit for for all those 15, (laughs) 10, 5 years, however long you've been paying. Okay, that's so basically that's impressive. That's just amazing. I just that's okay. So the government did something good. I'm 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 really happy about that. Well, eh, depending on which side of the fence you are on that one, part of my brain just can't stop laughing about this because it's all like, okay, Supreme Court and Republicans, you don't want to pay ten grand to people. How about forty plus grand? Here, here, motherfucker, <laughs> take my hot load of forty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Money! (laughs) (laughs) Student loan! And I'm spent. Okay, you want to know what else is beautiful? (laughs) After that, what? (laughs) Yeah, when I uh, looped in my current degree under the income-dependent payment plan. (laughs) Okay. I've been making payments for 10 years on that bachelor's degree. (laughs) So you know what's going to happen in 10 years? 10 years. Oh! Oh! And I'm spent. (laughs) Hallelujah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Talk about religious movements. I know, right? So I can't believe you've been paying that degree for 10 years. Well, I graduated in 2012. I have never graduated graduated from college i did other shit with my life yep but based off of everything i've read i've done 35 plus years of some form of customer service i have a doctorate in customer service yep yep pretty much pretty much pretty much and then i was getting into a debate with jasmine on why they think college degrees are a waste of time and i'm like no I learned a lot, and it gave me work skills that I am still using to this day. Did I pay too much because I was in private schools? Yes. Yes. Did I definitely fuck around more in my first degree than I ever should have? Yes. yes. Hello, drunken stone. Da, da, da. You see the theme? Yeah, but the good news is you've met some people that you're working with today and setting up positive programs that you're working on hence the comedy show yeah exactly the comedy shows i still produce today directly learned in that first degree there are things what i learned from my bachelor's degree that i use in in managing my business that i use in writing resumes there is no way 
I could write executive level resumes to the degree I do today if I didn't have that business degree. And you met Joe, your your com is he a partner, comedy partner? No, no. So Joe Anaya, who is the sound guy down at the Blue Cactus Room okay. in Pueblo, he's our audio engineer. Okay, so you met him at school. Yeah, yeah. We went to school together at the Art Institute. So, see, there's something you learned. You, you got a, a, a degree and you've met people that you're working with today. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it was the thing that got me qualified for the the job that I held at the radio station. I would have never been part of the air team if I didn't have that degree. So, I mean, pretty much it wasn't a waste. It wasn't a waste. Okay. Not in my mind. Did I pay too much? Yes. yes. Was I an idiot for running away from it? Yes. yes. But here's the other thing, too, is even though I knew that 20-year thing was there, but I literally couldn't find anything on websites for years. Now you can read it. Even now... You have to do a pretty deep Google dive onto those, either FAFSA website, or if you have Nelnet is a different, another server who takes care of administering student loans. There's a few other ones that still keep it as a federal program instead of a private one. Right. You know, you really got to dig for that shit. It's like, I didn't, I never got an email announcing the uh, disbursement. They just did it. They just did it. It's like, I literally logged in and I was like, oh my God, somebody got fucked. <laughs> and it wasn't me, but I don't want them coming back to me because I was like paranoid that, oh no, they're going to figure out this clerical error and everything's going to come back And then you're going to have to pay me. back. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, there's your financial advice for the day. Or for this podcast for the year. <laughs> for your lifetime. <laughs> well... Well, congratulations on, on receiving that, that payoff and paying your bills and communicating to people. Yeah. And, yeah, here's the thing. I had already accepted that I was going to be making those payments. And I had, you know, perfectly budgeted everything to accommodate that. So this was just like gravy or cream. Or cream. Or cream. Oh! <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break. we got to clean up. <laughs> Okay, so we are back and... Oh, hold on, let me put this mop away! <laughs> are you sitting in a wet spot, Ryan? No. Oh, I guess I am. <laughs> squish, squish. Fortunately, the estrogen's still working right now. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Anyways, I did get to participate in a lovely another uh, government institution that defines us as Americans. And that is? Jury duty. Jury, and not the one with Polly Shore. No. No. Which is actually a movie I like. I know it's a Polly Shore movie, but I don't care. I like it. That's all right. I'll forgive you. Damn right you will. <laughs> <laughs> so what was interesting about this is I was not selected for the jury, but it's the first time I ever had to do jury duty for a first degree murder case. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, hopefully this lack of estrogen doesn't cause another first degree murder case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, ah, so when it's a very big criminal case like that, you know, normally they have like a six person jury. They do a, a t 12 person jury for this plus one alternate. So they need 13 people to sit through the whole thing. Right. And to get to a pool of that, everybody's like in the waiting room for jury duty and the uh, very first thing in the morning and they call your name and then you have to go to that particular courtroom etc so since they need so many people they take a pool of a hundred of us so 12 13 percent is what they're picking from right and so out of the hundred the first 35 are the ones who sit and get like interviewed by the lawyers on whether they're going to be a part of this whole thing or not and then if they burn through all 35, then they start going to the rest of us who are sitting in the peanut gallery. Okay, so there's 35 in the courtroom, and then you're sitting in a peanut gallery waiting. We're in the courtroom, 
Oh, okay. But it's like the audience side of things. Okay. So it's behind the little the little door. Yeah. The little squeaky little thing. Yeah. Like, so if you think of people's court, you know, yeah. you got the defendant and the plaintiff, and then you got all the audience sitting behind them. We're in the audience. So that was a big courtroom then. Yeah, it was. They kicked out traffic court that day to see everybody in that For courtroom. For this... They took over court, a uh, traffic court. Holy shit, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of nuts. Yeah, it was. So the first cut they do, it's like, oh, does anybody have a physical reason why they can't serve here? And the trial was going to last a week and a half. Ugh, I got hemorrhoids. No, the very first guy who raises his hand up and they bring him the microphone, he goes, I got a bad prostate and I got to get up to piss every 20 minutes. <laughs> You are excused. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then you just like heard everybody's wheels turning and the, they're like, yeah, there was the gal who had her service dog who was prone to seizures. Yes, please go. Please, yes. But then everybody else was all like, there was one gal, I have a weak bladder and I have to go to the bathroom every three hours. And we, the judge is like, we take a break every two hours. Will that accommodate you? Yes. yes. Sit down and shut up. Yeah, there was a Afghanistan vet next to me. He's all like, I've got severe problems with my back. I can't sit in these hard benches this long. He goes, well, would it be, could you stand at the back of the courtroom? Just get up and walk around whenever you need to. Can you do that? Yes. yes. Sit down. And then you got the people who are like, I have to take care of my kids. I don't care. Yeah, they don't. You know, having children and being the sole provider of child care and no relatives, no nothing, is no excuse to not serve in jury, in a jury. So that's no excuse. So just because you have kids, that's no excuse. Right. So being a small business owner then it's not good enough reason to get out. Like, if you causing, uh, you missing a day of work would cause undue hardship because you work at fucking Walmart and you have to get every shift you can or you can't make your rent, that is not an excuse to miss jury duty. But they will pay, jury duty, I'm not sure if they still do, but they used to pay you for it. Like 20 bucks a day. Is that, tw is that it? Yeah. No subsidies for childcare, no nothing. Holy shit. They didn't, I didn't even get the 20 bucks. Yeah, I wouldn't have either. Yeah. Well, no, they didn't offer it to us. Only the seated jury got anything. So wow, I okay. wasted all my day on this thing. Right. Yeah. So there was all kinds of people trying to do other tricks that you see. The typical advice for getting out on jury duty. So there were people there with big, thick books. Smart books. Internet. Smart books. Uh, there were some other guys that were wearing, I think my favorite t-shirt was one, it was a math joke. Yeah. It's like literally a math equation on a t-shirt, but if you're a uber nerd, you, like an engineer or something, you got the joke. It was a fucking math joke. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, thick book, thick books, I'm smart, I don't want jury duty, math, math, a but, math problem on your t-shirt. I'm too smart for jury duty. Oh, I, I did. One of my favorites, though, was the guy who was, like, just so anti-government. He, <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty classic because he was in the seated jury part for selection. And he's all like, yeah, I don't like government. I don't like trials ever since I was falsely accused and I had to go through court. It was dismissed eventually. But I don't like this whole system. <laughs> Sit down. Yes. You're not going anywhere, buddy. Yeah, the, the lawyers did eventually say that. Ah, we don't want this we guy. We don't want that guy. But, yeah, he had to sit there and sweat. And he just looked so annoyed and pissed at everything. But we got... And then there we even had the hot chick playing dumb. Oh, yeah. And they kept her, didn't they? Oh, don't go... Don't spoiler alert it. <laughs> Yeah, spoiler alert, they did keep her. But her getting selected was one of my favorites of the day. All right, go ahead. I'll shut up. Yeah, so early part, everybody has to introduce themselves as a 35. She's the very last one. And they have the same 10 questions for everybody up on a projector. And comes to her, 
And she was like, okay, not blonde, black hair, perfect makeup, pretty sweater, low cut, tight jeans. Got it? Got it. And she goes, oh, judge, I forgot to put in my contacts today. Can you please read the questions for me? Like, she can't remember what 35 other people have answered. 34 other, their other question and answers. Yeah, exactly. So, what's your name? Name. Uh, what's your job? I'm a manager at Victoria's Secret. Uh, it's like, bitch. <laughs> Sorry. Those gals treat me awful. I've walked into a Victoria's Secret once. And they, like, just basically did the whole look me up and down. And there go, dress barn is two doors down. And this is my middle finger. Oh, yeah. I was all like, whoa. I was... You should see a doctor about that anorexia. Yeah, no shit. So, anyways, we go to lunch, and then they're doing the rest of the jury selection. Selection, yeah. Where they're like, okay, we want this person. Please kick this person off. And she's the very last juror remaining. And during this time, before lunch, it was the the, the prosecutors, which were female attorneys, asking questions to the jurors. <laughs> okay. So, they're asking questions like, do you think somebody who has confessed has the right to a trial? Well, yeah. Serial killers get that all the time, yeah. is what I'm thinking in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> or um, if there was evidence for um, that has witnesses and video cameras and a confession, do you think the person still has a right to a trial? It's like, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what our government's based off of. Right. And my favorite question was, oh... If somebody committed a crime, do you think that they would be, you know, cooperating with the police? Or do you think they would be trying to hide their tracks? It depends on the person. I'm like sitting there in my mind going, God, I wish they were asking me these questions. I'd be having so much fun with this. <laughs> I go, do you know how many serial killers actually did go confess to the police before they were caught? And the cops look at them and went, you know what? We'll give you a quick psych evaluation. We think you're just having a bad patch. They didn't believe them, and they released them out into the world. Where they killed more people. Where they people. killed more people. Yeah. And it's all like, that's not a solitary thing. That happened multiple times. I mean, they did it with Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. I mean. Well, he didn't confess to anything. No, but he eventually did, didn't he? Right, but the, it wasn't like he walked into the cops and go, hey, I need, that's, I think I'm going to go kill some people. You need to lock me up. Right. Well, Seven, well, he confessed at the end just because he wanted to finish his deadly sins. Yeah, but that's a movie. That's not real. I, I mean, I hear That about, we know of. That we know of. But there's definitely on the Serial Killer podcast. That there's people like, that have. It's yeah. happened multiple times. Yeah. But anyways, so I'm like, oh, yeah, that would be. Wouldn't you want to hear your juror say, oh, yeah, serial killers do that shit all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get back, and now it's the defense attorney's So this is after lunch. After lunch, he's asking questions, and he kind of sucked. His big push was the exact charge was murder in the first degree with intent and deliberation. Okay. Which means you stopped and thought about it and made a plan, basically. I don't know. I didn't look it up. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer, so don't quote me on that. Right. So his, the defense attorney's big push on the jurors was, what's the difference between an impulsive act and one that's fully thought out? I come home, find my wife with somebody, I kill them both. That, to me, is impulsive. Yeah. I sit on the couch thinking, wow, my wife's up there banging someone. I'm going to go out and buy an axe and chop them both up. That's not impulsive, is yeah. it? Yeah, or I'm going to track the guy down for three days, and then I'm going to shoot him. That's... Yeah, I'm going to go kill his family, and then kill him, and then come back and kill my wife. Yeah, that's... I'm not going to do that. That's pretty pre premeditated. That's pretty premeditated. Yeah. It, Ryan is not making any confessions. <laughs> no, no confessions here. <laughs> Don't worry, honey. The estrogen will be here in a couple of days. So okay. I'll be all right. <laughs> so he just keeps pushing on that. And me and my mind going, God, I wish he was asking me this. You know what my answer would be? What? You know what? As somebody who participates in a 12-step program, we see people who pick up a drink on impulse all the time. Same thing. You know, it's second nature. It's, you know, just go ahead and do it. 
And then there's other times when people go out and get deliberately drunk, like somebody pisses you off and you carry that with you to the bar with that resentment and you're going to drink about it. But you know what? It doesn't matter if it's impulsive or not. You are still responsible for the consequences of your actions. Bottom line. Even if you're in a blackout. Bottom line right there. Yeah, you know what that difference attorney would be saying to me. Right. We would like to dismiss Donna Shannon as a juror. <laughs> or the prosecutor would say, we want to keep Donna Shannon. Oh, no, the prosecutor doesn't want me. I'm the one who's on the side of the serial killers, oh, too. Yeah. yeah. Serial killers, they can confess. But they have to be responsible for their actions. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. Nobody nobody wants me on their jury, man. I think I'm going to go stay at a hotel for a couple of days. <laughs> that doesn't mean I know how to commit the crime. It just means I think too much to be a juror. Okay. All right. So anyways, they're making their selections. They're kicking people out, you know, for whatever reason. And it comes back down to Little Miss Victoria's Secret. Here's the funniest thing. When she got back from lunch, her sweater, had she pulled the sleeves down so they were now off of her shoulders so you could see the sexy satin bra straps. The uh, neckline, which was kind of low before, is now plunging. And she took her name tag and repositioned it on her sweater. So it kept coming, the corners kept coming up, but she put it right on her tit. So while she's getting questions asked by the defense attorney, who's a dude, she is stroking the name tag to make it lay down flat. So she's there stroking her tit the whole time she's giving her airhead answers. No wonder you wanted to keep her. Yeah, I know. She's trying to play the stupid hot chick card. And it did not work. It did not work. Because they had her walking over to sit where all the other jurors were in the, the 13 hot seats. And she's like even walking in front of this dude and popping her pussy while she's walking by. Just like waiting for somebody to kick her off. And she sits down. The judge says, does any of you have a problem with juror number 35? Prosecutor, no, your honor. Defense, no, your honor. And I'm like, fuck yes! <laughs> yes, your Suck honor. It. I have a problem. I have a problem that you didn't put her up there sooner. <laughs> I know, exactly. Because I'm sorry. I hate it when people play the I'm hot and stupid card, so you will give me whatever I want. And I'm not just talking about chicks. Guys will do it, too. Guys do it, too. No. I don't do it because I am not hot nor stupid. Well, I'm not smart, but I'm not stupid. Yeah, you're not playing stupid for sure. What are you saying? I'm saying you would never play stupid to get what you want. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I even know how. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you, you want my opinion? You're going to get it. may not be what you want to hear, but you're going to get it. Yeah. So anyways, jury duty was really interesting for one day, but... That's it. I did my duty. I don't have to go back. Uh, okay. And I would have, honestly, if I had had to be serving on a jury for a week and a half, there were people when they were in the very early on, it's like, would this cause undue hardship? And there were some people who had like work deadlines or work trips coming up and they couldn't take out a week and a half. But these people were dumb, man. I, I think they just suffered from... um impulsive honesty because they're getting asked questions from a judge or whatever because they're like so many of them the judge would be would you be able to get do you want to be rescheduled because they would say like, hey i have this deadline coming like there was a guy who's a tax attorney his deadline's coming up in september there's no way he could take off the last two weeks of august so we'll reschedule you for another day yeah and i'm like I would have been, your honor, every day will always be bad. There's never going to be a day that's good for this. Right. You know, I'm a business owner. I funnel work to six other employees, seven employees. Right. If I don't work, they don't get paid. It's not just an undue hardship on me. It's my entire team. Do you really want 
to negate the income of seven people to keep me here. They may have thrown that out, maybe not, but then again, I was so biased on both sides of that. <laughs> they would have kicked me out anyway. They probably would have kicked you out. Yeah, but all those people were there like, ah, Judge, I can't do it. They go, would you like to be rescheduled? And they're like, yes. So you know what that means. They got to come back. They got to come back. They're back in the pool. And it's not random selection pool. It's you're coming back for certain. Yeah. It's I mean, I haven't been called to jury duty for a long time. It's probably been maybe 20 years or so. If not, Actually, it's probably longer than that that I haven't been called. And the one case I did, I got in the courtroom and I was second last in, in the room and they made their selection and they said everybody else could go home for the day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I think this is the third time I've been called for jury duty. Oh, well. So anyways, that's how the inner workings of our court system is. A lot more boring than law and order. At least jury selection part. But yeah. I was I was entertained. But... Well, you were just having fun with it. Yeah. Making the best of a bad situation. Oh, yeah. So. But they did get down to that last person, number 35. And if they had not worked out, they would have gone to us in the overflow. And there were 15 to 20 people who were excused for work conflicts, medical reasons. Like, oh, you, several people, the only care provider for their husband with Alzheimer's and stuff like that. They were all excused. excused. Yeah. So, you know, that's why they have to pick such from such a big pool because there's going to be so many who are taken out. So they're reasons. selecting 13% of the 100 and we'll say 15 to 20% of those people leave. Mm-hmm. So that's still... That's good. for cause. That's for cause. Yeah. And then out of the 35, they kicked out 23? But I don't know. I'm not mathing. 22? Because you got to keep 13. Yeah, you got to keep 13. So 35 minus 13 is... 22. 22. Yeah, so they kicked out 22 of those guys, too. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Democracy in action, people. <laughs> Alright, so that's enough about jury duty. And go check on your student loans. Don't run away from them, because you might be pleasantly surprised if you actually do what, Ryan? Pay your bills and communicate with people. Amazing. Just amazing. We'll catch you next time. Say goodbye, Ryan. Goodbye, Ryan. Donna Shannon's Coyote Tales is a production of Coyote Visions Productions and is hosted by Donna Shannon. Ugh, nothing redundant about that. Theme music is Coyote Strut by James Nay. All other music is ethically sourced and licensed from SoundDogs.com and EpidemicSound.com. And we paid for it, I swear. We can provide receipts if necessary. All the stories you've heard are true. Only the names, events, and facts have been changed for our own amusement. In the immortal words of Obi-Wan, so what I told you was true from a certain point of view. Find all of Donna Shannon's website and social media links at Linktree. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot double E slash Donna Shannon. Follow us and find out all about upcoming shows and live performances. Now go out there, enjoy life, and grab some tales of your own.